So first, let's talk about why ACI. The whole point of our network is for serving applications. When we have users on computers, they don't really worry about the underlying infrastructure. They don't care about addresses. They don't care about VLANs. When our application folks are designing applications, that can slow them down. They don't have to be worried and constrained of what the underlying infrastructure is going to do with their application requirements. So our application developers need to focus on what they do best, and that's designing the applications. So we need to really take this and flip it around. Or traditionally, our application developers used to be limited by only constrained by the network. Now we want the network to be releasing of those constraints and allow the network to define how it should be behaved based on application requirements. We know our applications are built of multiple tiers, web tiers, database tiers, backend tiers, and they have relationships. That's Robert Burns, a technical leader in the ACI solution support team with 16 years professional experience specializing in data center products and technologies. As a technical leader, Robert is responsible for assisting with customer support issues, mentoring new team members, improving the Cisco customer support experience, and contributing to Cisco certification tracks. In this episode of the Cisco Learning Network podcast, Robert will be walking us through an introduction to application-centric infrastructure, which will include an explanation of various terminology associated with this technology and how this new method is different from and more efficient than traditional networking. And to see a full demonstration of this technology in action and how to get started, please check out the Cisco ACI training videos page on www.ciscolearningnetwork.com. Hi, my name is Robert Burns. I'm a technical leader with Cisco Technical Services. Today we're going to talk about ACI Jumpstart Training. The Jumpstart Training program is designed to help give you more familiarity with a lot of the new concepts and technologies that you're going to see with ACI. Some of the overview objectives for this course is we're going to talk about traditional networking and we're also going to talk about some of the new concepts and phrases that we now throw around with ACI. We're also going to take you through the APIC user interface. The APIC is managed by a controller, which has a wonderfully designed UI. And we're going to teach you how to find many of the policies that you're going to be deploying on your first few days of deploying ACI. We're going to talk about how to effectively deploy your applications, how to go from your traditional networking into this new ACI fabric, and how to migrate and get yourself from application legacy to now ACI deployed applications. So let's talk first about some of the ACI overview. In part of this lesson here, we're going to talk about first the new terminology. There's a lot of new terms that have been thrown around with ACI, many of which have come from traditional terms, but we have a slightly different meaning with ACI. So we're going to make sure we have a clear understanding of how these new terms apply to ACI. Secondly, we're going to talk about the relationship between the various ACI policies. ACI implements a policy framework, so we can define many policies that allows us to reuse them over and over. It makes your job a little bit busy on the first couple days, but it's gonna make your policy reuse much higher. So your day two and day three of operations becomes much easier to manage. Lastly, we're gonna take you through some migration suggested paths. So how do I go from my traditional networking where I've got my three tier uh, networking in my data center, how do I get from there to over where ACI is? So we're gonna talk about a couple of options that you can deploy to manage both of your infrastructures and then migrate along to ACI. So first, let's talk about why ACI. So first, the whole point of our network is for serving applications. 
When we have users on computers, they don't really worry about the underlying infrastructure. They don't care about addresses. They don't care about VLANs. When our application folks are designing applications, that can slow them down. They don't have to be worried and constrained of what the underlying infrastructure is going to do with their application requirements. So our application developers need to focus on what they do best, and that's designing the applications. So we need to really take this and flip it around. Or traditionally, our application developers used to be limited by only constrained by the network. Now we want the network to be releasing of those constraints and allow the network to define how it should be behaved based on application requirements. We know our applications are built of multiple tiers, web tiers, database tiers, backend tiers, and they have relationships. So just as a quick review, a web tier, also known as the presentation tier, manages communication between a person's web browser and a web server. The database tier manages the data. It is the base of a web database application. Understanding system requirements, choosing database tier software, designing databases, and building the tier are the first steps in successful web database application deployment. And the backend tier is comprised of both data sets and the database management system software that manages and provides access to the data. Those are the terms that our application developers speak. They know that our web tier needs to talk to our application tier. They know that the application tier needs to talk to our database tier. They don't care about VLANs, they haven't mentioned anything about subnet or addressing, nor should they have to. So we really want to break down that silo between our application folks and our infrastructure teams who deal with our VLANs, subnets, and security type policies. We want to bring them together so our application folks can do their job a lot faster and deploy our applications much quicker. So what is ACI? So some of the old concepts of ACI surrounding it are, we talk about old IP endpoints. IP endpoints are there, but we really don't want to think about that with ACI. We want to think more about application-based. And one endpoint is only one aspect of an application. We really want to look at the fabric as an entire fabric of applications. Secondly, we don't want to have to manually configure every single leaf port or every single port in our infrastructure. With ACI, we're going to be scaling to millions of endpoints. So we really don't have time or the resources to be able to manage these on a single endpoint by endpoint basis. We need the software to help define policies that can be applied to multiple ports. The next part we talk about is a declarative versus promise theory. We don't want to have to tell every single port how to behave explicitly. We want to use a promise theory to describe how we want the application to behave and then let that be translated by the fabric to the hardware. So an example we can use is when we get into a taxi, we get into a taxi and we tell the driver where we'd like to go. We don't tell them how to get there, where to turn, how fast to go. We just tell them our destination. And that's similar how to promise theory is based. We tell ACI what we want it to accomplish and we let it translate that down to our hardware requirements. And lastly, we have a separation with ACI between our control and our data plane. We have a set of controllers that manage our infrastructure. Then we have our data plane, which is a very fast cut-through switching non-block overlay, which we'll talk a bit more about as we go through here. So where do we have to start with? Well, as you know, with ACI, we had to start with new hardware. And this is where we introduced the Nexus 9000 series of switches. Rob moves next to a slide titled, ACI starts with a better switch, Nexus 9000. The slide goes on to say that the Cisco Nexus 9000 platform has two modes of operation, 
In the first mode, Nexus 9000 utilizes an enhanced version of the NXOS operating system to provide a traditional networking model with advanced automation and programmability capabilities. In the second mode, the ACI mode, the Nexus 9000 provides an application-centric representation of the network as a whole, utilizing advanced features and profile-based deployments to abstract the complexity of the underlying network while improving application visibility and greater business agility through DevOps methodologies. The Nexus 9000 was a very new type of approach, where Cisco didn't design every single ASIC for this switch. We actually leverage off-the-shelf Broadcom ASICs where we just need simple layer two forwarding. Where we need the application policy magic is where we introduce our own Cisco innovations. So together, using those two types of approach of a merchant plus approach, we allow us to deliver a very cost-effective switch with a very high value add of additional functionality. So the Nexus 9000 can operate in two unique software modes. It can operate in a standard uh, standalone mode, which is like a simple Nexus 9000 or a Nexus 7000 would operate, simple layer two, layer three switch, or we can uh, add a different piece of software to it, which is the ACI software, and then we operate in an ACI mode. When we're in ACI mode, we connect LEAFs to our spine switches, and these are managed by our application controller. LEAFs only talk to our spine switches. LEAFs do not talk to LEAFs, spines do not talk to spines all of which is managed by our controller, which is gonna manage this as one giant fabric. So what are applications? Well, we may think of an application as being a virtual machine or a physical endpoint, and that's not the case. Our applications are much more than that today. Back 20 years ago, sure, you may have had an application as one server. Today, they're made of multiple tier application servers. We have web tiers, we have application tiers, and database tiers. But that's not it. There's also relationships in between these various tiers. We have our external people who come in from our unsecured networks, have to go through some type of filtering or load balancing, then they get into our front-end web tiers. We also have to then control what access our web tier has into our application tiers. What we don't want to happen is we do not want our external users, we don't want these guys talking all the way to our database server. We don't want them talking to our application servers. So with ACI, what we're gonna do is define an entire application and all the relationships between all the various endpoints. The ACI fabric is gonna translate these requirements down into our fabric, which is a non-blocking penalty overlay, uh, overlay. So we have no penalties with hit. Very fast forwarding in the Nexus 9000 series. All of our forwarding is programmed and done in hardware. So we're not based on a software approach. It's a software plus hardware approach, which is very fast. Once these requirements are translated down to the hardware, using our promise theory, we've described our application, we've told ACI how we want this application to behave, who it's going to talk to, and then we let the fabric deploy those policies and hardware. That lets me bring on things like firewalls, load balancers, various other devices, layer four through seven. Now, the other problem we've had with traditional networking is that we used to have to bind a lot of policies and constraints such as Layer 4 through 7 services, switching and routing contexts, and security were bound to things like our IP addresses or VLAN IDs. And this really made it difficult because if I had to take one of my endpoints and move him to another area, we then lost his identity. So 
So this is a very similar concept as the Locator ID Separation Protocol, or LISP for short. Locator ID Separation Protocol, or LISP, is a network architecture and protocol that implements the use of two namespaces instead of a single IP address. Endpoint identifiers, EIDs, are assigned to end hosts, and routing locators, or RLOCs, are assigned to devices, primarily routers, that make up the global routing system. With LISP, we want to decouple the identity of an endpoint from its location. I want to be able to apply policy regardless of where that endpoint lives. And that's what ACI is going to do. It's going to break this constraint of having all these policies here tied to these constraints. So we want to take these out of the picture and at least separate them. So my endpoints are not going to be bound to these physical constraints. So let's talk about our fabric. We've talked about our fabric as being a leaf and spine architecture. We have our controllers called the APIX, or Application Policy Infrastructure Controller, which manages the entire fabric. Well, how does it do that and how do we get started? Well, the first thing we have to do is we got to configure our first APIC. So out of the box, you get it connected, plug-in management port, get it connected to a leaf, and then you're going to run a setup dialog like you would on another device. We'll show you some screenshots as we get further into the lesson as well. Once we discover our first leaf switch, it uses LDP to see who are my neighbors. So this first APIC has talked out there. He can see over LDP that, hey, I've got a neighbor here. I've got a leaf here. We have to accept that leaf as being part of our fabric. So we're going to give it a node ID, and it becomes part of the ACI fabric. What happens from there? Well, this leaf now is going to use LDP again, and it's going to go out and discover a couple of spine switches that were connected to them. Again, as the APIC administrator, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to accept these guys into my fabric. So we're going to accept those two spine switches. They now become part of my fabric. The process repeats then. My spine switches go out and they see all the other leaf switches they can see. So as we're doing this, we're actually building our fabric as we go here. Once we've discovered all the leaf switches and any of their APIC controllers, I now have what's called a discovered fabric. Okay? This makes discovery of a multi-hundred node switch uh, infrastructure very quick. The next thing we want to talk about is physical, virtual, and distributed. We're going to have some endpoints that are going to be bare metal. We're going to have some endpoints that are going to be virtual. And today we're seeing a lot more workloads transition to the virtualized environments as more support increases. So we have to be able to support any type of hypervisor, any type of bare metal host. And that's what ACI can do. We're hypervisor agnostic. We'll support Microsoft, Hyper-V, KVM, bare metal, you name it. And our policies can be applied to anything. The other great thing that ACI is going to do for us is what's called normalization. So we take the encapsulation that comes into our fabric, and that can be our standard VLAN 8021Q VLAN tags. It can be VXLAN IDs. It can be NVGRE. We're going to normalize that traffic into a application endpoint group, which we'll talk a bit more in about in a bit. But essentially what we're doing is we're saying you can speak any language coming into the fabric. Once you're in the fabric, I'm going to treat your endpoints with the same policy regardless of what encapsulation type you're using. And that's a very powerful thing. One way we can think of ACI as being a giant fabric is it's almost operating as a very large layer 2, layer 3 switch. So all of our forwarding is controlled really by our controllers. We, we control the policy. The fabric knows where all the endpoints are at all times. If we have an IP endpoint, 
we're able to look at where that IP endpoint source address is and where it needs to go. We can then encapsulate that into our overlay, which is VXLAN, and transport that to any other endpoint destination inside of our fabric. If it's a simple MAC address or layer two, we can do simple layer two bridging like we would in a traditional bridging network. Rob moves next to a slide titled Application Statelessness, which explains that this term is referring to the stateless filtering between endpoint groups that may be able to eliminate the need for some firewalls within the data center. Contracts define what an endpoint group exposes to other app tiers and how. In other words, any communication not explicitly allowed is denied. What this gives us is something called application statelessness, where I've now decoupled my infrastructure from my security policies and infrastructure IDs, VLAN tags. We now have an application that is really stateless. We can take it, we can move it around without worrying about breaking the policies that were tied to that particular endpoint. So we have a new concept of ACI. This will be the first one of many that we talk about, which is an application profile. So our application profile is gonna define a bunch of things for us. It's gonna define something called an endpoint group. And you can see this one happens to have three here. My endpoint group is gonna be a set of rules that applies uniquely across all those endpoints. So I may have a server farm of web servers that all need to have the same rules applied. I wanna make sure that only certain WAN users can talk to them, and I wanna make sure that only certain, um, only these web servers only talk to my application tier. And we can do that no problem. The other thing we're gonna have is we're gonna have these various levels of quality of service, security, or layer four through seven services. Those are also part of my application now. I've defined these as part of the profile. So this relationship now has been defined. We can then deploy that anywhere in our fabric. Anytime I have endpoints that need to belong to one of my tiers, I can go ahead and drop them into the endpoint group they belong to, and that policy gets applied to those endpoints. So in a quick summary, we've learned that ACI allows our application developers to really do what they do well, and that's focus on application development without having to worry about VLAN IDs or IP addressing. We don't want them to be constrained by any network infrastructure. The second thing is we learned that ACI has decoupled a lot of these constructs. Security, VLAN tag, encapsulation types have all been decoupled from the infrastructure. We can speak multiple languages, multiple encapsulation types, and still treat policy the same across all of them. And last but not least, with our ever-growing virtual world here, we have to treat our physical endpoints the same way we treat our, our virtual endpoints. Okay, they can be virtual machines, they can be bare metal, it shouldn't matter. We have to ensure that our security, our layer 437, any type of quality of service is applied blankly across any type of endpoint that we throw at it. Thank you very much for watching. So this relationship now has been defined. We can then deploy that anywhere in our fabric. Anytime I have endpoints that need to belong to one of my tiers, I can go ahead and drop them into the endpoint group they belong to, and that policy gets applied to those endpoints. So in a quick summary, we've learned that ACI allows our application developers to really do what they do well, and that's focus on application development without having to worry about VLAN IDs or IP addressing. We don't want them to be constrained by any network infrastructure. The second thing is we learned that ACI has decoupled a lot of these constructs. Security, VLAN tag, encapsulation types have all been decoupled from the infrastructure. We can speak multiple languages, multiple encapsulation types, and still treat policy 
the same across all of them. And last but not least, with our ever-growing virtual world here, we have to treat our physical endpoints the same way we treat our, our virtual endpoints. Okay? They can be virtual machines, they can be bare metal, it shouldn't matter. We have to ensure that our security, our layer 437, any type of quality of service is applied blankly across any type of endpoint that we throw at it. To see the entirety of Robert Burns' introduction to Cisco ACI, including an in-depth demonstration, be sure to visit the Cisco Learning Network at www.ciscolearningnetwork.com. You can also visit the link in the description, which will take you to more training videos hosted by the Cisco Learning Network that lay your foundation for ACI training. The Cisco Learning Network contains all kinds of resources to help you get started on your networking career, including additional training videos and study groups that allow you to connect with others trying to get started in their careers. Please subscribe to the Cisco Learning Network podcast and be sure to leave us a review on iTunes if you found this helpful. Thanks for listening.